Tessa Vagoa Tora To Sama Sambodasa Namo Tessa Vagoa Tora To Sama Sambodasa Namo Tessa Vagoa Tora To Sama Sambodasa Dong Damang Sangam Namasami wonder about saying anything. Um, there's something just beautiful about the quality of openness and uh, uh, empathy, con- concern, tenderness that can occur in a field of be- people who are beginning to release some of their tensions, their frictions, their suffering, their angles, their Stuckness, you know, there's a kind of quality of uh, something quite beautiful and can be sensed, mm. field effect, mm. which of course wavers. And it wavers, it goes into the extremely contracted. When there's a person seemingly divorced from their experience, it's uh, so broken that they're not even divorced from feeling, you know, comfortable in their body. It's sort of, there's this person struggling with their body, person struggling with their thoughts, person struggling with their struggle. And so it's kind of very intense, intensification of experience. And and it can come into, you know, okay, the person feeling okay but struggling with the presence of other people, or the person feeling okay but struggling with routines, or the person feeling okay but struggling with weather. You know, so it, you know, there's certain, it's less constri- constricted, it's not so tight, but still that frictional contact, dukkha. This is, you know, and then at times it can release a little further, you know, the person struggling with what they think might happen in the future, feeling okay, the person struggling with what they think other people might be experiencing in the future. You know, it gets a little more expanded. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of contracting and detect or sense into the opening of the field. Mm-hmm. That's one little verbal pattern. <coughs> um, dependent origination, dependent arising, seem to be useful um, keynote to keep striking. Mm. Uh, and within that, there's the understanding there's nothing, no such thing as a thing. There are, there are wave effects, like when waves meet each other, there's a ripple and a, a, con- 
you know, something seems to form, the rippling, and as things overlap, clash, you get formative tendencies arise. These conditioned potencies, conditioned potentials, wave effects that collide and form entities. Mm. And with the cooling of that turmoil, wave effects, entities become qualities. Qualities begin to dissolve. Spaciousness experienced. Cessation feels a relief. Mm. The opposite direction, yeah. There's a searching to find, to have. There's an intensification in the field to find a thing, an, an understanding, a point, a place, uh, a fixed position, you know, and things start to crystallize and firm up. And then this conflict arises. Something is gained that has to be lost. Mm. Something one wish for can't be found. Mm. Something one had once, one would like to have again. Mm. Something we sense somebody else has, we feel we're missing on. These are the formations of things. And one who understands or is beginning to come to terms with this recognizes this is the dukkha characteristic pulling, this is the grasping characteristic, pulling something into a form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, dhammas, mindfulness of dhammas is another way of looking at it. Dhammas are, can be called things, but they're really like waveforms. Uh, qualities, qualia is an expression for it. You know, there's, there's a certain unifying characteristic to, to a Dhamma. You know, like it can be a quality of ill will, we can call it that. Yet really it's not an ill will lump. It's a potential for ill will that's gradually gaining energy and, and crystallizing into a grumpy person, irritating thing. Hmm? Crystallizes into these hardened forms. And with it, clear understanding and begins to recognize this is the potential, this is the ill will characteristic. It's not I have ill will towards her, but this is the ill will characteristic. As it arises, it manifests, and as it hardens up, it becomes me feeling very irritated about her or this piece of her behavior. And then these forms arise and take, become entities, and then to get stuck, it takes a, you know, to try and dislodge that. Mm. But with understanding and compassion, we see it either near or far, either happening to me or something I'm doing. You know. if, if I'm doing it, it seems to be me doing it, pumping out the ill will. If it's happening, don't you call it internal or here? Yeah, if it's happening to me. Somebody's experiencing ill will to me, I feel my mind overwhelmed with ill will. Then we say it's something that's happening there, externally coming in. Neither of these positions are really uh, true. We can call the internal, external, here's the characteristic, the effect of the ill will potency as it begins to form. 
when in the agitation, oh no, this is ill will. But one who understands it more appropriately, this is the characteristic, the waveform, the dhamma of ill will in the field. Mm. What is the field? Where is that? <coughs> Something like that can help, just the very understanding of dhamma as a dhamma. What, what is, where does this occur? Say in the mind, that's an idea. Say in the body, that's an that's There's a directing there that occurred, didn't it? Something occurred that placed it there. There was a thinking and a conceiving and a turning. And yeah, that can happen and we could say, yes, it is in my mind. But that arose because of a particular turning and a designation of attention. And that can be useful. I'm not saying it's not, but it is definitely, you know, a derived. And so our, as our meditation is a derived activity, we certainly, let's witness it in my thoughts, in my heart, in my body. And there's that gesture of attention in order to prevent it from escalating further. And this is the overall characteristic experienced in the embodied way. Certain heightenedness, a certain tenseness, a certain edginess, a certain okay, and then can that breathe out into the field of embodiment? Soles of the feet, tips of the fingers, the ears, the lips, space around, coming back into the body as a wave form. Yeah, not as a thing, but also as something that's forming a bodily formation something crystallizing out of body 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 bodily potentials you know, earth potential air potential fire potential elements datus crystallizing and then we begin to just come back into that and instead of this becoming this hardened sense myself in my body but here's embodiment and here's the, the waveform, and there's an edge to that. There's the intense center of it, the epicenter, and we widen and soften, we find there are, oh, there's, there's the legs, the feet, the space, the ground, the air, the out-breath, and widening. So the waveform is given a chance to dissolve, rather than be cut, annihilated, but dissolve. So, it's not a thing, it's a wave, and waves you can't cut them out of the ocean. <coughs> you cannot cut a wave out of the ocean. But it could be the case that with the quelling of the tides of agitation and personification and grasping and attachment, the ocean could calm. This is stilling, this is Sublime, this is peaceful, the stilling of sankaras, the quietening of this ocean of formative tendency, dispassion, cessation, nibbana. So, so how we, you know, the, so this quality of widening, opening, dispassion, mm, rare to find be cultivated. 
Mm. So you call it, could say the mindfulness of dhammas, you could put it like that. Dhamma is a dhamma in the field of dhammas, which there are many different waveforms, positive, negative, hindrances, enlightenment factors, forming, dissolving. Mm. And as they form, as they harden, they crystallize, there comes in the sense of I have this, I am this, this is good, this is bad, I'm winning, I'm losing. Uh, more, <laughs> less, I'm having an experience. <coughs> Which will end. If it's good, if it's bad, it won't end. <laughs> I am this forever. <laughs> existence, non-existence, craving to be and to hold, craving to get rid of, dispel, not have, and experience. And often meditators are generally try having a relationship with experience or a relationship with experience which is either, you know, I shouldn't be having this experience. The experience is happening but I shouldn't be having it. That's an interesting game to play, isn't it? How <laughs> <laughs> to drive yourself into a little circle. Yeah. Experience is happening that I should have. I finally got the experience I'm having. I've really got it now. I want to hold this, make sure I don't lose it. That's another one. Way to tighten up. Uh, so, where is this? In the field of experience. And by and large, beings afflicted by when there's the affliction of ignorance, there's the generation of a being who's having an experience, or should have an experience, or did have an experience, or doesn't want an experience they're having. They like to change the experience they're having to something else. Remember that a couple of years ago they had a really good experience and they'd like to have happen again. <laughs> it's concerned they'll never have the experience they really wanted that other people have and talk about endlessly. <laughs> there isn't a person having an experience. <laughs> who who is the person who's having the experience? Can you find that without thought, without turning around and creating something? As is as experience is happening, can there be a person who's having an experience without some kind of turning in there to conceive and generate and interpret. Can experiences happens really produce somebody who is experiencing it? Just as it's happening. Mm. Yeah. So this sense of experiences happening, where's that? Who's that? Widening. And, you know, we come down to Really, you know, if you look at the way the traps start to close, dispassion, detachment, stilling of agitation, 
stilling of gratification, stilling of gain and loss, success and failure. This is the field. And the waves start to subside. And other waves come up, but we begin to sense the wave form of the field. Uh, as I said, the um, vision of the stream enterer, all its arising is subject to ceasing. Or it's not even really, doesn't quite say that. Yankinchi samudaya dhammang niroda dhammang di. Whatever has the arising characteristic is already the ceasing characteristic, is the ceasing characteristic. Not great English. Yankinchi samudaya dhamma, that which is, whatever is the arising characteristic, the arising qualia, the arising quantity, that, that waveform. Mm. Niroda dhammanti. Ceasing characteristic, ceasing. So it is of that waveform. That's what he's saying. You know. So of course, this is incredibly bad English. So we say we tend to arrive at English creating things. There's a thing that happens and it stops happening. Yeah, it's not quite. There's a waveform, and. Whatever point you take on the wave, it's always something's potentizing and something's allowing it to to shift and change. There's this kind of flow. All movement requires both a push and an opening, doesn't it? For there to be a movement. The push and the opening. Push and no opening, no movement. Opening and no push, no movement. <laughs> so, but do we notice the opening behind the... Or do we just notice the push? Mm-hmm. Experience is movement. Condition forces. <coughs> So this is, um, maybe some of these words might help. And, uh, just let them flow over. I think it's helpful to get some of these terms to just drop crystals into the into the mind field. Mm. See what forms. Sometimes it's the way, not exactly the words, but the way they're patterned. This one is the um, 15th. Sutra of the um, Book of Causation. So that's Sangyuta 12, 15, extract from it. The Buddha saying, (coughs) This world, Kachana, for the most part, depends upon a duality. upon the notion of existence and the notion of non-existence. One who sees the origin of the world as it really is with correct wisdom, there's no notion of non-existence in regard to the world. One who sees the cessation of the world as it really is with correct wisdom, there's no notion of existence in regard to the world. 
The notion of existence, the notion of non-existence. So you might say you know, that things finally exist, or that you know, things finally don't exist. We look at it in pragmatic terms. Uh, um, this could be come down to, may I be someone who has something, exist. May I be someone who doesn't have something, non-exist. May I be someone who's accumulated a good experience, existence. May I be someone who's got rid of that unpleasant experience, non-existence, right? There's the crystallization, the notion of I could be other than that which is being experienced. Mm. I could be somebody who has an experience. Yeah. Existence, non-existence, the play of that, that kind of congregation, candoring, aggregating, dukkha aggregating, firming up. Mm. But if that those positions are released, one sees the relative arising, waving form, relative ceasing. Mm. The nature of experience is like this. This world is for the most part shackled by engagement, clinging and adherence. But this one with right view does not become engaged and cling through the engagement and clinging mental standpoint, adherence, underlying tendency, does not take a stand about myself, has no perplexity or doubt. And what arises is only the dukkha arising, the dukkha characteristic, what ceases is only dukkha ceasing. Knowledge about this is independent of others. In this way, there is right view. All exists is one extreme. All does not exist is the second extreme. Without veering towards either of these extremes, the Tathagata teaches the Dhamma by the middle. With ignorance as condition, volitional formations come to be, and so on, to this, um, and the cessation, the cessation of this whole mass of suffering. So this, yeah. So there's qualities, quali- as forms arise, as there's a uh, accumulation coming into a definite idea or a thought. Something's come out of the into the mind sphere. Accumulates a particular topic arises. That quality of aggregating into a, into a particular distinctive entity. This is the stress characteristic. It's stressing. Yeah. It's not really a person grasping, it's a stressing to hold into something. Dissolving is just the de-stressing. There isn't somebody who has now released that or got rid of it. It's just the de-stressing of it. So one doesn't, isn't it conceiving of a person who has or has got rid of something not a person who's ignorant or a person who's enlightened 
or a person who's ignorant trying to become a person who's enlightened. This is this. So how do we deal directly with the stressing? Or directly with stressing, you know, there's a softening, an easing, a lessening of the time boundary, an opening of space, a quality of empathy. Anything that prevents this or goes against this tendency to harden into an independent, isolated entity stuck trying to get out. Mm. Stuck trying to hold on. Stuck seeing themselves as distinct from everyone else. Trying to be distinct from everything else. Mm. Well, that's the stressing. So we contemplate the quality of the field. Is the field open? Mm. To what degree is it open? Mm. To what degree is it, there's a resonance, a sympathy, an empathy, a sensitivity in the field. Mm. So it's generating or remembering these field effects, the goodwill field effect, the compassion field effect, the gladness field effect, the contentment. The, the stability, the, the serenity. It's like this now, it's like that now. Uh-huh. Equanimity, field effect. It's resonating those, recalling those dhammas. Cross the field. Like a tone, like a, a resonance you strike through the field. Mm. To help as is possible, to loosen up some of those hardened positions associated with uh, hostility and ill will, with the, the fearing, the regretting, uh, the despair. Mm. That's when the ill will is coming internally towards me, the retracting and contracting and crushing under the weight of it. That's when it's coming this way, yeah, that waving, and we take that as a form, external ill will, happening around me, to me, being, remembering incidents when it happened to me, feeling one's in a field where that ill will is circulating and saturating me, external ill will. Ill will internally, when I feel irritated, annoyed, frustrated, disappointed, uh, by others, or senses others. Why doesn't she grow up? Why can't he ever do this on time? Hmm? Yeah. Your will. It's me, internal, generating it outward. Whatever is there is the ill will characteristic in the field. So it means we're becoming just more or less relentlessly patient with ourselves, with others. <laughs> you know, relentlessly patient with ourselves, with others. Until that sense of self and others begins to soften, and we say, oh, here's the suffering characteristic. <laughs> you know, and the not liking it and the disappointment of things not working out the way I wanted them to be. I like it, how I'd feel happy, how I feel comfortable, 
what I want, what I, you know. Uh, and if I didn't have what I want, if I could stop that characteristic, there wouldn't be so much suffering. Mm. The lessening of craving, the lessening of clinging, lessening of clinging, the lessening of suffering. Perhaps I could just be open. Even to the fact that sometimes that characteristic of closing down just sweeps through and I'm struggling and floundering and clutching and grasping and moaning and complaining and criticizing, going cranky. And the only thing one can do is just be relentlessly patient with that. Okay, let's go into the body, softening, opening, space around me, sky, sun, trees, nature beings, humans, mm. empathy. Mm. These volitional tendencies, these sankharas, the activators, pick up a potency, pick up a potential, start magnifying it. Magnify it through attention, get hypnotized on a characteristic. Focus on it, make much of it, ponder it, linger on it, embroider it, decorate it, furnish it, flourish it, make it a house, go and live in it. (laughs) Treasure it. (laughs) Hoard one's suffering like a priceless jewel. (laughs) There's some weird confused way that doesn't make sense at all because the characteristic of clinging is not reasonable or sensible it just happens it's a kind of you know a tendency the wave picks up and like the tsunami it picks up and it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and then it comes crashing along and you get into these crazy positions where your attention is seized by it you know reflexive and then your intention is struggling, and it just wants to get away, it doesn't want to have this happen, wants to find, doesn't want, 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 want. And you know, what you can do is just grab the attention and just open it, break out of the lock, move, grab the intention, subside, be patient. You don't have to fix it or change it, just change it to the point in which you're my intention is to be mindful of this, to bear with it. It's that much. And then what's needed, what's not needed. This is a waveform in the field. What's needed is, what's not needed is to generate somebody who doesn't have it or shouldn't have it or is stuck in it. It doesn't make it, we can still directly experience experiences is happening without having to form somebody. Doesn't mean we're not, the experience isn't there. Experience of dukkha, stress, aversion. Can it just be that? This is why we can use the body, field of the body. It's again, it's just a skillful means, it's not an ultimate truth. It's a skillful means because it seems that by and large one has two possibilities, you either go to the person or you go to the body.
Mm-hmm. Person has to have some some understanding of what to do, and it may be the case they do, but it can be the case that person is so flummoxed they don't know what to do. <laughs> so stuck, the reflexes become so habituated that. They know the ideas, but they can't make it happen. Therefore, abiding in the person is really not good. Just mm, to body, maybe that coming to the body here's the sense of the contraction, the localization of experience into modalities of body, parts of body, energies in body, mm, widen into the space. Some possibility there even though we don't really get the sense of you know i'm know what i'm you know i'm doing something i'm getting nice ideas about what's happening you don't have to have the idea just do the practice ideas will come later so <clears throat> so you know this is practice is rather like this Fields is a um, phrase, just I keep saying the word. Um, and you can, fields occur within, if you can have the body field, you can have the breath field, you know, just biting in. If you're, if it, that's what occurs, if you're just settling in and it's just the field of a swelling and softening and movement of breath, that's your breath field. It's not an object, it's not a thing, it's a dynamic of potencies, flushing, shifting, changing, subtle, quiet certain resonances, you know, pleasure, comfort, whatever, you know, this is a field of effects occurring. Mm? And it could be the spreading, the soothing, the enjoying, you know, in that. In order that by through abiding in that field, there is not the potentizing of the field of uh, possessions and belongings of people and future and so forth. That's its help, that's its benefit. And so it's still just the field effect, uh, the field of ill of goodwill, as we've mentioned. You can you can so you can with some skill just finding the, the fields that you can sit within. You know, field of sangha. Here we are all being together with our stuff, little local potencies in this great collective human field. Hmm. And sympathy, empathy, warm-heartedness, gestures of, of, of acknowledgement of other beings. And somebody asks, is it okay for people to smile at you? I said, yeah, I think it's allowed. <laughs> Occasional little smile, twinkle of the eye is not considered against the precepts. <laughs> But you can get like that, can't it? You think sort of, I don't disturb anybody. Disturb anybody. I don't make a noise. Make a sound. Disturb somebody. Jeez, you know, just, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> I can handle a bit of disturbance, you know. 
It's, you know, it's like that, isn't it? It's, it's a wave. It's so you get, these waves can flow through better than not trying to not have any waves. Get used to it. Clinging to non-existence, somebody doesn't want to have a wave happen. <laughs> Standing in the sea, not wanting there to be a wave. So it's also just this fields within fields within fields. We could say, you know, it will have a subject. We have a subjective field called myself, or roughly speaking, we call it karma. You know, karmic potential. And we'll, there's all the karma for human formations here. So we have that collective karma to come into a human birth. The collective karma to have some kind of inclination, interest in awakening in Dhamma, that collective karma. And of course there's refinements there, isn't it? This person likes this bit, person likes that bit. She finds that system helpful, he inclines that way. There's certain differences, but it's kind of basic potentials and the subjective karmic sub-formations within that sub-fields. Hmm? Yeah. And so on and so on. So it's kind of like a telescope, you know, a hologram sitting within other ones. So there's certainly such a thing as intersubjectivity. And certainly, you know, as you bear in mind, it's not that nobody else exists. It's all just... Uh, you know, images in the mind, there are intersubjectivity can be very helpful because sometimes when one's own, you know, the karmic pattern that with one's own field, personal field, meets another one, you get, oh, not the same for her. That's interesting. Oh. Where I kind of seize up, she opens up and listens. Oh, that you can support people in this way. With, because subjective fields are never the same. Karma is never exactly the same. And that's part of the beauty of Sangha and the challenge of it. It helps us to, other people help us to know ourselves. Yeah, that's because it suddenly recognizes a different vibration there that's happening here. And therefore, oh, that's just the wave. It's just an effect. It can be moderated. Because when the interceptivities meet, there's a resonance. And that definitely changes the contractedness of the field, of the personal field, the defended, the stuckness. It starts to be met by another as a vibration, a resonance, sympathy. This is the beauty of uh, of relational practice. Mm. Chanting together very simply, simplest form of relational practice. The voices are all different. You know, and they just start to find each other and harmonize, resonate. Mm. It's not my resonance or her resonance, it's just the resonance in the field. So these are uh, kind of 
just images to, to present for reflection what they all have in common. What do they all have in common? Waves, fields, uh, just acknowledging within that that the, the, the dysfunction is the aggregation, the, cl- the clustering myself. And some of that, uh, you know, the clustering, there's where the, the gripping gets. And this is where the real, you know, encouragement of faith in practice, it doesn't matter who you are, who you sense yourself as being. Who you sense yourself as being is like one movement away from freedom. The ice is one millimeter thick. You could skate across that forever, or you could just pause and drop through. This is not me struggling, this is the dukkha characteristic. The word sounds so bleak and unsympathetic, that's the nature of the words. Dukkha is a wave, a wave of ignorance. Oh, we might say, how can I get rid of ignorance? Where does it begin? What's the beginning of it? Perhaps how could I get rid of ignorance? Mm. Not done. <laughs> you can't find the beginning of ignorance. You can't find it because the act of finding is already ignorance. It's already that trying to find a point is already ignorance. You can't find a point where ignorance begins because that quality of doing that itself is ignorance. It's the searching for a point, and there isn't a point. There's a field of effects. But with the understanding of waves and fields and the the acceptance of the experience of uh, what can be experienced, these dynamics and the shifting from the ice, the ignorant activity of trying to separate oneself, hold oneself, be something, not be something, with the subsiding of that is the subsiding of ignorance. And what occurs is that the subsiding of ignorance, something seems quieter, more spacious, tender, gentle, dispassionate. That. When the sun rises, it doesn't have to get rid of the darkness. It just does the does the shining. It doesn't have to figure out where did the darkness come from. What's the right way to get rid of darkness? It just rises and shines. That's its job. Spreading out through the field. opening into the field, calming, 
loving, sensing. This is deathlessness. So one time, Blessed One was talking to Ananda and um, going through all the different levels of refined uh, sublime states one could could that could arise uh, jhanas, immaterial spheres, neither perception or non-perception, subtle states that could crystallize in the field. And he said, "Yeah, this is." He says, "If you want to cling, this is the best place to cling." <laughs> but this is deathlessness. That is the liberation of the mind through not clinging. This is deathlessness, the liberation of the mind through not clinging. Hmm. Anyone? Um, I, um, I'm a good guy. Uh 